0: You're looking at a landing page is making sure that it's very clear exactly what it is that you are providing for someone on that page so that they don't have to go in and read a hundred bullet points to have any clue of what's going on and that's where that headline comes into play a lot of people will just three tips to X Y and Z they'll just like put the headline or the name of that opt-in or that download on there which you know isn't necessarily a bad idea if the download or if the title effectively communicates what it is that it's doing and how it's going to help somebody
1: sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands That Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's episode is a special crossover episode with my other podcast over at the Till Agency, stuff marketers say in this episode i chat with one of my co-founders jesse about the importance of lead generation and the elements of a high converting landing page basically it's a lot of the stuff that we've learned over the years of creating our own landing pages and what we've learned now through running ads for quite a few clients If you're interested in more marketing advice, be sure to check out and subscribe to the Stuff Markers Say podcast. We focus on all things related to digital advertising, and we have interviews with some pretty awesome business owners doing some awesome stuff. And we're also doing a giveaway. If you're interested in the Till team coming alongside your business to help you get started with ads, you'll want to check out the details Of the giveaway you can find these details in the show notes so over on the davian crystal website on till's instagram or on the dk instagram so plenty of places to enter now let's get to the episode welcome to another episode of stuff marketers say where we talk tactics strategies and learnings that are practical and to the point. In this episode, Jesse and I are talking landing page best practices. It doesn't matter how good your ads are if your landing page isn't converting. And that's exactly what we get into into this episode. We dive into exactly what elements we're looking for when we audit landing pages for our clients and just things that we've learned along the way. Let's get to it. All right. We're back with another episode of Stuff Marketers Say. It's me and Jesse today. And by me, I mean Davy. <laughs> Anyways, Ryan is Ryan's doing all sorts of fun stuff. Closing on the house today. Yeah, moving in, exciting for him. Yeah, it's been a been a long process for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's excited to have that done and over with. I would say moving though one of my least favorite activities.
0: Yeah, it's I think a fair way to put that. It is there's just because there's always things that come up, right? It never goes as
1: planned. I feel like it just takes so long to adjust after a move. I mean, we're seven months post a move, and I feel like we're just, you know, in the last few months, kind of getting back in the groove.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you had some big adjustments, too, coming from city, downtown-ish life to country living. More rural. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Definitely a little bit
1: more of an adjustment. Today, we're talking landing pages for those who are tuning in. So, we're going to talk about landing page best practices. We're going to talk about a few things that we've learned from... I mean, just troubleshooting, I think, dozens, hundreds of funnels, <laughs> seemingly, you know, so excited to jump into that with you. Definitely excited to chat landing pages. If you're listening to the podcast, you've heard our intro and it's supposed to change almost every time, you know, it's just Ryan saying something like, like cliche marketing advice, right? You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. One of them is something about the price being raised at the end of whatever, right? Some people have taken that to think that our podcast is, is going from free to paid in 24 hours. So I've gotten a couple messages about that. And looking back, I'm like, okay, I could see how you might think that. It's just there to sort of be a, a parody of you know, the typical marketing stuff that you hear. It's pretty funny. Also, can I understand the confusion? Yeah, absolutely and a few quick till updates that we should talk about as well one we are going to do some q and a's coming up in the next month or so all right so be on the lookout for that if you want to be the first to know about that you should sign up for our mailing list and you can do that by just going to the till website you can download our case studies if you're interested in potentially running ads or you're just looking for case studies in your industry you can download a guide to ios 14 how that's impacting basically tracking you know, and attribution. So you can download a guide to that if you're looking to set up your business manager account so that, you know, ads aren't shut off and so that you are in the best position to track conversions. And then what else do we have? We have that, a quick start guide for Facebook and Instagram ads. So basically, if you're looking to get started with ads, go download one of those. You'll be on our email list. You'll get notified when we do these Q&As. Bring your questions. It's not a webinar, I guess is what we're trying to say. We're not selling you some course at the end of it. Show up with your questions and we will answer them live for you the best that we can.
0: Yeah, it should, it should be awesome. It's going to be a, a great way to, you know, whether you've been running ads and you've been running into issues with iOS uh, updates or you're just jumping into ads, trying to figure out what's the best way to see the best ROI for your campaigns that you're running. We're happy to, to help and, and jump in there and get as specific as we need to to uh, help you, you know, have the most success possible.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm pumped about that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So check out that. Get on the email list. Be the first to hear about that. Submit
0: your questions beforehand. Come live with your questions. Doesn't matter to us. Anything else we've been working on? I mean, I'm sure there's other things. Those are the big ones. The, I think the things that I'm most excited about, at least for sure. I
1: did just get our our website to load in sub one second. Sub one second page speed times. So that was fun. Just you know, I probably spent too much time. Tweaking that, because at some point, you know, going from like 1.2 seconds to sub one second, it's like yeah, that diminishing returns factor. Know, yeah, that's right for sure. Anyways, let's dive in. I know people are waiting for uh, landing page best practices, and I would say that just you know, kind of give this some context why we're talking about this. Because you know, at the end of the day, just because your ads are converting well, all right, or if the metrics around the ads themselves look really good, you know, click through rate looks really good, just a lot of engagement on a given ad, that doesn't necessarily mean that person is going to convert. Right, And so one of the biggest issues that we see are with landing pages. And so through running the amount of ads that we've done and spending the amount of money that we have on Facebook and Instagram and other platforms, we've learned quite a bit about
0: best practices for landing pages. As an agency, it it would be really easy for us to come in there and say, hey, you know, to our clients that maybe aren't seeing the best results on the back end to come in there and say, hey, our metrics look great from the the ad platform Our click through rates are great. Our CPMs are low, you know, you, you fill in the blanks there. But if it's not converting in, in the long run, you know we feel like we're not serving our, our clients the best. That's why you know we offer what we call full funnel consulting, where we are looking past that click. We are giving feedback on landing pages, and and a lot of the feedback is going to be that when we give those feedback to clients and we see those results, is, is where a lot of the best practices that we're going to talk about today come from. But that's something that we feel like is really really important, so important that that we we're willing to spend a lot of time with our clients because. That's one that could be the gatekeeper for the success down the line beyond the ad is that we have to be able to see that success beyond that, that ad click or else it's not going to be worth anybody's time in the long run.
1: Absolutely. And I would say that for us, there's a few different, we see, see it as having a few different responsibilities. I mean, one, we want the client to get whatever end conversion they're looking for, which often doesn't happen on the ad, right? Or really almost never happens on the ad itself, unless we're using an instant experience, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here. So, you know, the fact that having a landing page, making sure that forms are working, I mean, all those things are really important to us, because if that end conversion isn't happening, no matter how good the ad metrics look, our clients are going to be happy. We're not going to be happy with the results. So it's important to get that that piece right. So one of the things I want to talk about just at the outset here is using a landing page versus just a form embed on a given web page. So you might be thinking, especially with a lead campaign, a campaign where we're running ads to a downloadable. Or something that some sort of lead magnet freebie offer. Some people don't use landing pages for that. They just embed a form on, let's say, like the homepage of their website or, you know, the about page or whatever, a blog post, something like that. If you're running stuff to a blog post, that might not be too bad of an idea if you know the conversion rate of that blog post is good. But in general, you're going to want to create a landing page for that specific offer, whatever you're running traffic to. All right. So if we're going to be running a lead gen campaign, so if you're doing this yourself and you want people to sign up, don't drive it just to a homepage or to some other page on your website where there's a ton of other stuff going on, where people might be distracted and not actually complete the action that you're looking for. So just wanted to mention that at the outset. I didn't know if you had anything else to say about that, Jesse.
0: The opt-in pages, you hear a different language for what those are called. You know, they used to be called a lot more squeeze pages because you're squeezing them through this page where they can either do what you want them to do, usually opt in or or purchase a a product, you know, low ticket item or something like that, or leave. Like those are the only two choices that they have. You know, that's why we know we usually recommend removing menus from your pages and not having a sidebar with an about section like, like you would on your blog. Things like that, that really have zero distractions, you get them there, especially because they're they're cold a lot of times when they click from the ad they don't maybe don't care as much about all the other things they just want to know hey how can i get what it is that this ad told me that i could get you know speaking specifically more about info products and things like that but in general that those rules typically apply across the board
1: yeah, and I think you probably good just set a goal at the outset here. Like when we're looking at landing pages, we're looking for you know I'd say above fifty percent conversion rates, right? Like so, you know half the people who hit that page should be completing whatever action we're looking for. And this is I'm talking specifically about lead gen right now. And I know that what we look for for webinars, for instance, it might be a little bit lower. You know maybe forty percent, maybe a little bit lower than forty percent, thirty percent somewhere in there. But for simple downloads, certainly, or you know simple freebies, closer to fifty percent and beyond of course you know if you're running a purchase campaign the conversion rate's going to be lower on that given landing page so basically the bigger the ask the lower the conversion rate but if you're running a lead gen campaign
0: to a freebie would you say 50 percent is a pretty good goal yeah i think that especially if you're in an industry that has a little bit more competition if you're not hitting that 50 percent mark it's going to be difficult for you to get costs that are acceptable for you to actually have an ROI in the back
1: end. Yeah, that just make it worth it. And one other note before we just before we go a little bit further here, when we talk about landing page, and you talked about the difference between, or not the difference, but how landing pages sometimes called squeeze pages. And technically, a landing page is really it could be any kind of page, right? Your, your homepage is a landing page. Your about page is a landing page. Really, we're talking about in the context of some sort of offer. A page that has some sort of offer on it that we're driving traffic to so just for some clarity there but let's just dive into some of the elements that should go on a landing page so we have this goal of about 50% especially for freebies and then maybe it's a little different based on the actual conversion we're looking for what are these sorts of things that should
0: go on a landing page yeah I think the first thing that we need to take a look at when you're looking at a landing page is making sure that it's very clear exactly what it is that you are providing for someone on that page so that they don't have to go in and read 100 bullet points to have any clue of what's going on and that's where that headline comes into play a lot of people will just three tips to x y and z they'll just like put the headline or the name of that opt-in or that download on there which you know isn't necessarily a bad idea if the download or if the title effectively communicates what it is that it's doing and how it's gonna help somebody. I personally prefer to use a little bit more of a benefit-driven headline that doesn't necessarily have the name of the download. I don't think the name is all that important on that that landing page. I think that, that headline, though, is, is really key. And I think that's one of the most important things, especially when we're talking about how much traffic, when you're driving traffic from Facebook or Instagram is gonna be from mobile. And you just don't have a ton of real estate to drive that point home. And so that's where that headline becomes really, really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and to your point, I mean, the title of the the guide might be something like three Facebook hacks to, t- you know, to better results or something like that. That doesn't need to be the headline on the landing page. So what you're saying,
0: it can be, it can be if you feel like it effectively communicates that, but it doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah. And I would say like in that example, I don't, I don't think that's particularly benefit driven, you know, so it could be like three Facebook hacks for making more money on ads or something like that. You know, that really gets to the benefit of the guide. And this is one of my favorite ways to test names for guides as well because you can you know just swap out the headline there and you can change the the name of the guide pretty easily without actually changing the content
0: yeah and you'd be amazed at how many people download things simply by reading the headline and they don't even read like, you know, so much else on, on the page. Some of my best converting landing pages that I've ever seen are basically a headline in opt-in form, you know, with like a graphic here and there, but that's it. And, and sometimes those convert really, really well, because if you're able to kind of communicate what those benefits are, how they're actually helping someone achieve what it is all the way down the line, Not and, and you're reaching a little bit there, you don't just want to give them the like next step. They want to know, hey, if I do all of these things, how is it actually going to change my life, make something easier, help me do something better, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. And speaking to
1: your other point about just really conveying the benefits of the landing page and how you do that, we see a lot of paragraph text in things like italics, you know, or some sort of script, you want to really make it as easily read as possible, skimmable even. And so often, you know, the best way to do that is just through bullet points and three to five bullet points that again are benefit driven and really convey, you know, what somebody is getting and why they should download it. That's usually enough. You know, you don't have to write a book and remember paragraph text is just generally harder to read. If you're going to include paragraph text, it really should be maybe
0: two, three sentences tops. I wouldn't go much beyond that. And if you're going to include paragraph text, it's not a bad idea to like bold certain sentences or italicize certain sentences. That way, if someone's scanning, they're able to pick out those most important points. If you're having trouble kind of deciding what you want for your benefits to be, a good test that you can use is, is what I like to call the so that test. You may hear this, so, and so I don't remember where I picked this up from. I didn't come up with this, but basically, you read your your statement. So, if, you know, if our thing is like, you know, we have three hacks, and one of the hacks is um, using dynamic creative options in in your creative for your ads. Uh, you say, you know, we're teaching you how to use dynamic creative so that it drives your CPMS down and your engagement up. So you're you're connecting whatever it is that you're teaching them to the end benefits. That's a, a nice little way to be able to kind of easily tell yourself, oh, is this actually talking about a benefit or am I talking something feature based on what we're actually teaching?
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that the So That test really can transform all of your copy and make it that much more effective. 100%. Moving on, bullet points, social proof. I would say that, you know, social proof is something we recommend being everywhere. All over the place. As strong as social proof as you, you can have, as you can make it. You know that might be testimonials, badges, places that you've been featured. You know that are that are relevant to your industry. But social proof goes a long way. And I would say that sometimes I land on a landing page and it looks kind of sketchy, but the social proof is strong, and so I'll download it anyways. You know, or I'll purchase <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's whatever so it true. might be.
0: It's
1: so true, right? I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like. Especially if you're listening and you are in an industry that you care about design and aesthetics, that might be hard to hear and might be hard to believe, right? But at the end of the day, I think social proof can
0: make up for a lot of weaknesses. Never never skimp on social proof. You look at Amazon, you're reading 10,000 reviews on a product. And deep down, you know, hey, these are probably just review farms, but there's so many of them you are like, ah, it, it, it can't be all of them. And you still buy that, that product over another product simply because of, of that social proof. And, and that's why that can be so effective is because we like to believe in other people rather than the company telling us about why I should buy their product.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we see see ourselves in other people, you know, too. I mean, this is why before and afters, especially when we're talking about the fitness industry, are so uh, important. And you can't, you know, for those of you in the health industry, right? You can't use before and afters on ads, but you certainly, you know, can throw them on your website. Moving on, this is something that I feel like I wish we had Ryan here for because this would be the first thing. He's like, uh, it needs to be, it needs to be mobile friendly and not just mobile friendly in the sense that like, oh, it's responsive. So it looks good on mobile. But, you know, the first thing, the first criticism I'm going to get from Ryan and, and I take care of a lot of our landing pages, you know, or at least I'm kind of the first line of uh, reviewing landing pages often. But when it goes to Ryan, Ryan will almost always be like, Hey, the form isn't above the fold, you know, or it's a little bit cut off get the form above the fold. And I and you know, depending on what we're using to build a landing page, like maybe that makes the desktop look sort of like weird, you know, or like not formatted exactly how I would I would want it. And he's like, well, I don't care because eighty percent of our traffic is coming from mobile. So yeah. So you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna make sure it looks good on mobile first. And he's right, we should design for mobile first and then go to desktop. And this is especially true for landing pages, I think. Absolutely. You know, design for mobile first, make sure there is a form above the fold or some sort of call to action above the fold that's going to get you to a form.
0: But I would say, really, the minimum form fields should be above the fold. Yeah, definitely. And even if that's just a button that then pops up uh, and then, then kind of like auto scrolls to a form, you know, if, you, if you're a little bit more design conscious and you don't want to have like, you know, massive fields above the, and you feel like you're having trouble fitting all that, you can just put a button and then auto scrolls to something there. It's not it's not necessarily the the first preference, but uh, it's, a, it's it's an acceptable substitute if you're having trouble fitting everything above the fold.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And we, we occasionally do that on our landing pages for sure. The only problem with that is that occasionally the page is taking long to load for some reason it could be a slow internet connection on uh, the user side you know uh, they start clicking that button the button doesn't work and so they think the form doesn't work or the landing page doesn't work and they click back so that's why i think if i have the option of having the form fields above the fold I'd rather do that. That's pretty much it. I mean, imagery, I think, is important. You know, if you can have some sort of relevant image that kind of shows off what it is that the person is getting in their download or something that at least uh, hints at it, I think that's always a,
0: a good idea versus having no imagery at all. Anything else come to mind for you? I don't know. I mean, we can kind of speak to the imagery. A kind of next step in that is just making sure that your ad when someone clicks on an ad, they land on your landing page, they need to feel like they're in the right place. That congruency aspect from ad to landing page is really, really important. People are very skeptical when it comes to what they're clicking on. People are nervous that they're going to enter their information in the wrong place. They're going to get hacked or or, or X, Y, and Z. They're going to get malware or whatever. And so not that your site or your landing page Can just be oh it doesn't look that sketchy though but if it doesn't feel like they're in the right place after clicking on something if the language isn't congruent if some of the imagery isn't congruent a lot of times people will be like, "Like I'm in the wrong neighborhood, I need to get out of here. We have to remember that so much of the benefits of doing lead gen like this is you're able to get in front of a really cool audiences with very minimal asks, get them on your email list and it allows you to you know, buy time to build trust for when you actually want to sell them something. We want to make sure that we aren't scaring people off by not being congruent, not, not sending people somewhere that they get there and they feel like, oh, this isn't what I clicked on. And so that, that that's a really important point. It's usually pretty easy to do. Whether it's through similar language, similar colors, similar imagery, that's usually enough to make people feel like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that congruency is one of the first things that we check for. You know, so congruency is going to be one of the first things that we look for. Just to, you know, making sure that look and feel is congruent between the ad and the landing page, and then if somewhere to click over to the website as well. So. There's definitely I think examples where we sort of break that rule. So for instance like on the ad side of things trying to do things that maybe aren't on brand but would catch somebody's attention. But there's always a fine line to walk for sure between doing something that definitely catches somebody's attention but doesn't do so in a way that's going to help you build trust with that person. You know, tailoring messages, you know, to cold audiences I think is important. That's another note we have here and I think especially when we're doing lead gen, I think we always have cold audiences in mind first. You know, I mean, people who've been kind of around for a while who are warmer leads or warmer prospects, we definitely want to capture emails as well. But at the end of the day, I think who we're writing for, who we're creating
0: that messaging for is cold audiences first. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and a good way to kind of think about that is read it from the perspective of someone like, do they need to know about your products? Do they need to know who you are. Are there like references in there that they wouldn't get if they you know aren't on your email list? Are they, you know, especially if you're in an industry where you're selling a product that isn't necessarily like a super well known style of product? I remember bath salts were like getting like super popular. That was something that like a lot of people were capitalizing on the warm audience of people who knew who they were but the people that were most successful were the ones who were explaining what that process was or what those things even were to cold audiences and you know it was a, it was a no-brainer because so many people who used started using products like that were all about it and then people that and they had a ton, of, ton of social proof from those people on those ads but then as they were explaining that and making it clear and explaining what it was to people who didn't know, they were really, really successful. And that's a, a small example, but something that I think really proves the point of if you're able to communicate that to cold audiences in a way that doesn't require them to have any knowledge of it whatsoever, you're going to be a lot more successful.
1: Yeah. And you're really only going to scale with cold audiences too. So pretty key. As far as troubleshooting a landing page. All right. I feel like we've covered most of what, what goes into a good landing page. I would say one of the things that we always do it's i mean a rule on our team I, I don't even know how many times we've explained this to the team but you always 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 have to check that the landing page is working from start to finish that the pixels firing that the form is working that the you know you get the email or whatever it is that you're supposed to get on the follow-up but you got to make sure even if you think it's working even
0: if you're like i know i set up everything correctly you need to actually test it Yep. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times, even me personally, when I've set things up, I'm like, you well, why isn't this ad performing well right out of the gate? I think I thought this copy was so good. And then, you know, I go to find out, shoot, I forgot to connect the form <laughs> or, or whatever it is. And nine times out of 10, if it's like a glaring issue where even if even if Facebook's reporting like, you know, a conversion or two. And it just like falls off nine times out of 10, it's going to be a technical issue when results just take a complete nosedive. So it's definitely something you want to take a look at, especially if it's something that's been running for a little while and you start to see like a pretty big spike in cost sometimes. Amazon, you know, when Amazon went down, hosting went down. It was like, uh, you know, the entire internet went down. And then so many landing page builders are like hosted on Amazon or, or Google's or Microsoft's platforms. So when stuff like that happens, it's always good to need to check to make sure that everything's still working.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially if you have a big team or multiple parties
0: that are going to be,
1: you know, testing different things or swapping different things out or making updates. It's always good to have somebody every once in a while just making sure that results seem consistent. Nothing seems off. And again, you know, no matter how small the change, even if you're just going to a landing page and making a quick copy update, just testing that the form still works after that and everything still seems like it's all good. As far as, you know, if it's not a technical issue, one of the first things that we're going to be looking for is adjustments to headlines and copy and just messaging in general. We try not to change too much at once because then we don't know exactly what's moving the needles. Would
0: it be fair to say that's one of the first things we look at? The headline and again, copy above the fold, because we want to be able to test things incrementally. If you have a landing page, you just spent 10 hours creating and creating all the copy for, you don't need to go in and then redesign the entire thing. We want to like, test those things that are above the fold first, test that headline, make some changes to that before you jump in and, and start tearing everything apart because you, know, you feel like it was a disaster. A lot of times you may be able to just tweak the headline and all of a sudden see better conversions. And so sometimes the smallest changes can make a really big difference. Yeah, for sure. And from there, changing
1: the design, I mean, really, I guess one of the first things we look at, we look at technical stuff, we look at where the form is then we'd probably start looking at headlines and then bullet text, things like that. So that's probably
0: just about the order that we'd go in. Yeah. And then if you still aren't seeing good results there, then the next thing that we do is probably say, hey, let's test a different offer. Because sometimes there are things that just, we feel like are a great fit and it just, there's no interest in it. And that sometimes is the case and there's no like shame in, in starting from scratch, from the ground up with a, with a new offer. And that's one of the reasons why we really recommend that you don't, Spent six months putting together something that's going to be so perfect because until you test it, until you figure out, hey, are people willing to give me their email address for this thing? You, You just really don't know. We've been doing this a long time and I'll always say I'm happily proven wrong if we can get something out the door quickly and test it. And if it doesn't work, great. Let's test something different.
1: Yeah. And there's so many different hacks here. I mean, one I've already alluded to, you know, you can change the landing page copy to see if that results in higher conversions before actually going back and having to redo the guide, right? So you can change the headline, you could change even the title of the downloadable, right? Because no one knows until they actually download it. And as long as the, again, there's congruency between the landing page and what people are actually downloading, nobody's going to be upset necessarily by that, right? So you can really play around with the messaging right and dial that in before actually having to change the guide. But if you do need to change the guide and you want to test some stuff, you know, and you have a couple different blog posts on different topics that you think interest people, what you can do is you just run traffic campaigns to each of those blog posts, see maybe which is, you know, the most popular post. And then from there, create maybe some sort of content extension, some sort of guide off of that blog post. There are so many different ways you can test that. Heck, you know, you could, you create a guide and maybe one landing page is working you could create maybe three landing pages that are just a little bit different and run traffic to all of them and then keep the one that works i mean there's just an endless possibility of tests that you can run before taking the time to actually create another guide from scratch you know so one of the great things about facebook
0: and instagram Definitely. one thing that I think maybe we should talk about is for people who are saying like, okay, like this all sounds great, but I have no idea how to create a landing page or maybe, you know, you're not the most technologically savvy. Maybe you have someone else update your website and all this is kind of going a little bit over your head. There are lots of ways for you to be able to create landing pages, whether it's using third-party softwares. I'm actually pretty partial to using third-party softwares like ClickFunnels or uh, lead pages or, you know, there's there's a million of them out there. We've been using Converti lately, but there's, you know, there's a million of them out there for you to use. And I'm partial to those because it usually just makes it really easy for you to update those things. It automatically takes the headers off your site. It allows you to use different domains and things like that. So it really allows you to do those things really easily. And there's usually a dedicated support team to help you do that. There's templates that are built in that are built to convert well. And so a lot of times you just have to change the content, you know, change the colors. And, and at least for like initial tests, they're, they're usually pretty good. And you can get those up and running pretty quickly. If those are things where you're like, Hey, you know, I really don't want to spend another 20 bucks a month or $200 for a lifetime membership or whatever it is. There is another option that Facebook offers you called an instant experience. Now, instant experiences are really awesome for a couple different reasons. One is they don't have to leave the platform for someone, Facebook or Instagram, to actually visit your landing pages, which is great. They make it pretty easy to design them. There is, especially if you're not a developer, those instant experiences are going to be a little bit more cookie cutter sometimes, but it allows you to still create a landing page. You, know, you still may need to like connect things to a form Hey, I, I just want something up. I want something quick. Instant experiences could be a great way for you. An, another one um, is going to be using Facebook lead forms where you talk all about, you know, that that download, you click on the Facebook ad and then Facebook is going to autofill their email address and name. They can click on it and it's going to give you their email address. That does require a Zapier integration to your mailing list. If your mailing list, you know, ConvertKit MailChimp, Flowdesk, you know, whatever you're using doesn't have a native integration with Facebook to be able to send those leads to that. But I believe that you could use a free Zapier account I could be wrong there. Maybe you may need a paid account to use the Facebook leads integration, but essentially I'm sure that you've seen it. You've clicked on an ad, you're able to fill in the name and email address right there within Facebook. And then you can send those directly to your list and then send them the download from there. So there are other options there as well to kind of cut down on the amount of steps that you need for the, the end user to actually download what you need or what you want them to. But, you know, just want to throw those, those options out there for you too
1: yeah absolutely you know again I feel like Ryan has tested a lot with instant experiences so uh, it'd be great to hear his opinion on those at, at, at some point we'll have to you know recap that in another episode but instant experiences again great for people who don't want to deal with building a landing page outside of Facebook want to keep it every, everything there and again typically those are going to load a little bit more quickly because they're built within Facebook and people don't have to leave the platform so as far as landing page stuff goes I would say you know hopefully a lot of people are on like modern website builders which typically make it pretty easy to build those landing pages out on your website. I think there are definitely some advantages to that. One of them being just cost. You know, if you're already paying for some sort of website platform, then you know, it makes it easy to keep everything there. And then once you have one, you can typically duplicate it and create others just you know, using that same templated design. So, that's an option as well if you're trying to cut down on cost. One of the reasons we use lead pages for a while, but the stuff like that gets expensive, especially when there's options out there like Converty, which we've been really happy with. And Converty, I think, is C O N V E R D Y. They have a lifetime offer. We got it because they had a good, you know, they had like a 30 day money back guarantee. And we thought, you know, if we didn't use this or it didn't work out, we could take advantage of that. But it's been great. And they roll out with a lot of new features pretty frequently. But again, lifetime offer. And it wasn't that expensive, it was like 300 bucks. And I want to say we were paying at least close to $100 a month for lead pages. This has been a pretty good alternative.
0: ClickFunnels, I want to say, starts at 100 bucks a month. If you want more, more of the features, it jumps to 300 bucks a month. So there definitely are platforms that are pricey, especially if you're just getting started. So if there's a barrier to entry for you to getting landing pages up and running, I mean, cost is one of those. Like Davey said, there are other options on your own website, again, Facebook lead ads or Facebook instant experiences. All of those things are great options. And I don't think that if you have good copy and you kind of nail down your offer and then some of those other things that we talk about and you pull those into what we're talking about now, I don't think that you're going to see a huge conversion difference if the messaging is there, you know, whether you use one over the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that covers it. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Of course, if you have any questions, you can go to the show notes for this episode and you can leave us a comment and get back to us there. You can send us a DM on Instagram and we'll get back to your question there. And if we don't have time for whatever reason to get back to your question, we'll try to answer it on a future episode. But when you send us questions that just, you know, it automatically becomes content ideas for us. So if you do send us a question, there's a good chance that we're going to get you an, uh, an answer in some shape or form. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can download a guide to iOS 14, a quick start guide for Facebook and Instagram. If you're not familiar with that world and it's to, to Facebook and Instagram ads specifically, And then you can also download one of our newest guides, or it's not a guide, rather. You can download our case studies uh, if you're looking for examples of ads, uh, strategies that work in different industries. Be sure to check out that. All of those things will get you on our email list, and you'll be able to learn about things like our upcoming Q&A sessions. And we're going to try to make those industry specific just so that we can provide the most value for the different industries that, that we work with. So thanks, Jesse, for your time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to com.